If you enjoy the following podcast, please consider supporting the Stream Grace Network. Just visit streamgrace.com slash support. Well, hello there and welcome to my little corner of the digital world. Prepare to dive deep, get real, get close and find out entirely too much about people you likely don't even know. I am Jeremy Griffin, and these are my conversations. So grab a coffee and get comfortable. Here we go. You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. All right. Before we get started today, I want to thank today's podcast sponsor. Today's sponsor is, uh, well, the podcast is brought to us by coffee. Really, really, really good coffee. And today's guest is my friend Paige Carter. How are you, Paige? I'm well. Thank you for having me. For sure. Thanks for being here. I'm excited about today. Um, me too. So, so with so many people that I visit with to this point, not just even podcasts, but in just in general, I usually know, anytime it's intentional, I, I know a lot about the person. Today, I don't. Oh. I don't know a lot about Paige Carter. So, I guess that's true. I feel like it's like we've known each other for a long we time. Have. We don't know a lot of, about each other. Right. We, we know uh, compartmentalized what we know, right? Yes. So you know I run sound. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. <laughs> and, and you run it well. Well, thank you. You know, you're the only one I trust. That's just you Just uh, cut that sad, out of there in case anybody right? else is listening. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't worry. Anybody else that would be offended, I taught them anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> That's why I like that intro music. Made me want to dance. Oh, see? Speaking of, why don't you tell everybody what you do? <laughs> I know, you're like, just, we'll just get right into it. <laughs> well, my official title is manager of dance teams for the Oklahoma City Thunder. That's exciting. Yes, it is. So how long have you, I'm asking, I know, but how long have you been doing this for the Thunder specifically? I am rounding out my ninth season. Nine? With the, Yes. There's only like what well, we're going into the 12th. Well, we're ending the 11th season now, ending right? The 12th, 12th season. 12th season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I just totally forgot. No, that's good. It's weird. I believe that's correct. Ending. No, yeah. Sounds we right. should be ending the 12th season. You know, it's weird for me because uh, the joke there is I've tried to quit like a bunch and <laughs> never, they never let me like I quit this season, right? Yeah, you did. I remember. <laughs> I was so sad. And then you were back like and, two weeks later. I know. Well, and what's funny is like. I was telling telling Bill this the other day. Uh, Bill's Bill's the uh, video production guy up there, and uh, I said, "I think you guys just enjoy pulling me back in for the sake of just making me a liar, yeah, <laughs> right? Just proving you wrong." Well, you know, yeah. weird things happen, and and it's like you get in the daily grind and you get busy, and you're like, "Man, I just I don't know that I can keep doing this." Because for you, this is your full-time gig. Correct. For, for me, me, it's full-time. Yeah. It's, you know, just show up when I can. Right. And so, like, so, you know, when the season went nuts because of COVID, um, I was like, oh, okay, well, this will be painless. No one will have to even, <laughs> like, I'll be out. No one will know. I think No I'm, one will need me. Right. Yeah. It won't matter. And the next thing you know, it's like, we're scrambling. We got to do, <laughs> do all these weird things. And then here we are. So. And here we are. And this afternoon, I'll be back at the arena working. Yeah, I know. Them. It's crazy. So you just can't get away. We don't mind though. We like well, it. we like you. having you around. It's fun. I enjoy <laughs> it. Um, you know, too, and just thinking about because I I've been at that arena since before the Thunder were there. Um, so that's even the stranger thing for me is just going through this time, and I just lose track. I just lose track. I would have never thought I'd been working there for 
gosh, like 14, 15 years Isn't maybe. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. Yeah, anyway. So you've seen the transition and the oh, other teams and yeah, all that stuff. It's been wild. I remember when we had these two really good players. <laughs> I don't remember their name. But <laughs> Me neither, but I think I recall what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. it was crazy. <laughs> um, Man, so so today's weather kind of sucks. It, well, and I say it that. rains here a lot it, all of a sudden. It's crazy. It seems like. I don't. I don't remember it being this rainy nine years ago. Right. I was going to say here. there was there was a time, and it may have been just before you came to town because mm-hmm. I know you're not from here. Um, I remember it rained every day in June. Seriously, uh, every single day in June. I think that was before me. I yeah. cried. And it was moved away. It was brutal. <laughs> it was brutal. Yeah. Things were overflowing. It was fun though. I would drive to the like Canadian River and try to see yeah. where it's over the banks. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And then it'd be blocked off. I'd be so. Most people love this like break like we're right in august right. the heat's about to break and it's not probably gonna really come back me i'm sad i like the heat yeah because i know once it breaks and it cools off it That's will it. not be hot again till like may <laughs> right or something right and i don't like that there's two seasons here <laughs> yeah there's hot and cold yeah that's it and i only like hot there's so. three to, three days of fall and three days of spring <laughs> exactly. and they don't happen they happen in the middle of winter and in the middle exactly. of summer. Exactly. Yeah, they don't even happen during fall or spring. Agreed. Mm-mm. It's crazy. But, you know, that's honestly, I used to ride motorcycles a lot. And that's why I got rid of it. Because, like, even if you, like, you can't commit to a day of riding. So if I'm using it as a commuter and I'm leaving for the morning, I may not be able to ride it home. You yeah. know? I mean, you can if you're an Ironman. But right. But yeah, yeah. I'm not that guy. <laughs> um. So let me ask you this. Are you related to any famous carters? Like, Jimmy Carter or Linda Carter? I, you know what? I think I'm pretty sure that I used to lie to people as a kid and tell them that I was related to Linda Carter. Yeah, see. I but I'm it. not because I was obsessed with Wonder Woman. Well, yeah. Obsessed. Um, I am related to a famous person, but they're not a Carter. Well, who's that? So my grandmother and Natalie Maines, who is the lead singer of Dixie Chicks, yeah. you either love her or hate her. Yeah. One of them. Her and her grandmother, they are first cousins. Really? They have both since passed away recently, hmm. but they were first cousins. So that's that's the only famous tie I know of. That you know of. Is I'm pro- her. See. What does that make me? Her third or fourth cousin or something? something I don't know. Along our, those lines. Yeah. Our grandmothers were first cousins. Yeah. I, uh, if, I like Dixie Chicks um, musically. Yes, me too. And that's where it and is. Exactly. Agreed. No, <laughs> but that's but what, yeah. you know, that's how I am about actors, musicians. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The, the more you know that whole line from yeah. television. No, it's not true. It's not good. It doesn't <laughs> <Yeah>. help. <laughs> um, so, so tell me a little bit about where you grew up. Lubbock, Texas. Lubbock. Yes. So there's that tie. Red right Raider. There. Yes. So <laughs> Lubbock, Texas. Um, yeah. Home of the Maines Brothers. Home of Buddy Holly. <laughs> Yeah, home of the Texas Tech Red Raiders. I am a Red Raiders fan. I did not go to college there. I'll get into that. But so born and raised in Lubbock, Texas. My family is still there. Um, most of them, you know, I kind of have them scattered throughout Texas. Most of them there. Um, but when I were was twelve, uh, my mother and stepfather. Well, my stepfather had just gotten a new job that relocated us to Arizona. Arizona. So when I was 12, almost 13, we made the trip to Arizona, which at that time I knew nothing about Arizona. And of course I thought like, this is the worst thing. (laughs) I can't believe my stepdad is moving us away from everything we know. 
you know, know and love. Because when you're born in Texas, you really do think it's the greatest place in the world. Sure. And that you will live and die there. When you're born in Oklahoma, and, you think, I wish I was born in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not 100% true. but No, I know what you're saying. But like, yeah. And then so I'm moving away from Texas. I'm just like, this is the worst thing that could ever happen to me. Which it obviously wasn't. But at the time, I think moving anywhere, when you're in the middle of seventh grade. Right. I did the same uh, thing. And you're just awkward anyways, and now you have to move to a new school. Yeah. The worst. It's so weird. Mario Nani, when he was on, he talked about that. He moved to moved to Texas, moved to Austin okay. from Florida when he was about that age, 12, okay. 13, somewhere yeah. in there. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, and that's what, like I said, I, I moved to from here to Pittsburgh at 12 in yeah. seventh grade. It's messed up. Oh, my gosh. What is, what's up with parents doing this? Right? <laughs> yeah. Public service announcement to parents. Right. Do not move your children in middle school. Right. Either elementary. Yes. Or I know high school is probably tough, too, but then you can maybe manage it. I don't know. I think if Just you're not in middle school, if they're if they're midway through their junior year, then, yeah, well, it's fair game. Right. Because yeah. you're almost you're kind of almost done. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But man, yeah. Middle school is the worst. No, don't do it. We've already got enough transitions going on. Yeah. My body is already transitioning my face, my hair. Let's just leave it with that. Right. Right. <laughs> That's enough. Yeah. I hear you. So, <laughs> so, so you're in, so what part of Arizona? In Chandler, Arizona. So suburb of Phoenix. Okay. It's what we refer to as the East Valley. So you have Phoenix right dead center and then you have the East Valley and the West Valley. There you go. So I was in the East Valley. When you were, so when you got the news in Texas that you were moving to Arizona, did you even realize, like, here's what I would have thought. Oh, I'm going to the desert. Yeah, I think that's. Is that what you thought? Like desert? I mean, I think I thought in the middle. I still think it's probably the desert. Is it the desert or is it not? It is still considered the desert just because of the lack of rainfall. But I mean, I didn't realize, and it's much bigger now, just like Oklahoma City or everywhere else is. But I didn't realize, I mean, I was picturing like. Tumbleweeds. (laughs) Tumbleweeds. <laughs> yes. I mean, like the middle of nowhere cactus, mm-hmm. you know, just we were going to be living on the sand, you know, like the scenes from I was picturing like Star Wars, those scenes <laughs> why they're in the middle of the sandy right. desert and there's nothing around. Yeah. But no, it's like a huge city. I'm just imagining this little girl in Arizona whose parents come home and say, you're moving to Lubbock. And they're like, where's Lubbock? <laughs> right. So I know looking at it that way, that could have been a lot worse for that poor child. <laughs> so I actually didn't have it so bad. That's yeah. Funny. Any poor child that was like living in Scottsdale, Arizona, and their parents were like, we got to go to Lubbock. Right, exactly. She's like, excuse me. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> what? Where's Lubbock? Wait, where when, are we going? When I told my friends that I was moving to Pittsburgh, um, one of the, the girls said, I know where that's at. That's by Dallas, right? <laughs> And you're like, uh, um, so not, not by Dallas, not even close. No, it's a, like, no, is that in Ireland? No, nope. it's not still, there either. Still cold. Yeah. But yeah, see, that's what you get with seventh off. graders, right? Oh my gosh. Geography is not necessarily the strong suit. I really, yeah. I don't think I knew besides just desert. Like, I don't think I knew anything about it. Yeah. So yeah. when did it get positive for you? Like you got there and did I it- mean, it was a good three or four years really okay (laughs) so luckily because I was in dance and cheer kind of already growing up I just kind of stayed that route Mm -hmm. so in junior high you know I'm well we didn't have it until so the junior high was seventh eighth and ninth grade okay so in ninth grade I made cheer 
um, or our palm line. It was called spirit line. Actually, mm-hmm. um, you couldn't try out until ninth grade, I believe. Um, but yeah, so, you know, and then I did dance. We had a dance Arizona. All their schools have dance programs, which mm-hmm. now a lot of schools are starting to do that. But so my junior high had a dance program. So I was in the dance program. I was a cheerleader, you know, so that helped, you know, kind of carve out those friends, but it still was just, it was just so different and it was just awkward. And I didn't have my comfort zone and my friends. Well, you probably know going from like Oklahoma to Pittsburgh, like you're from this like Bible belt town Oh yeah, back in the day. And then you moved to like a big city. You know, what's weird though. This is weird. This was what was going on in my mind, what you just said, right? Now we weren't, we didn't go to church or anything when I was a kid. So that wasn't like a, a big factor for me, but, but you know, I lived in Moore at the time and, uh, when we moved, I kept thinking, okay, I don't know. Like I changed. I fundamentally changed as a human being on the trip. I just decided I didn't like who I was. I want to be somebody different. Right. It's kind of crazy, but this isn't my biography feature. So <laughs> I will make it part short. So, um, but when I got there, what and I was telling Mario this, what's so weird is it was slow. The pace was so much slower. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, and we were in a suburb of Pittsburgh and okay. I figured out why it was slower, by the way. So, so we're in this suburb south of Pittsburgh, like nine miles called Bethel Park. Very cool. Loved that place. Um, very heavy Catholic presence, Catholic school. Okay. Yeah. Like half of the people I knew in my neighborhood all went to Catholic school. Um, so, so that was where the pace was different and more like we had a lot of designer drugs in even at seventh grade, Yeah. you know, like there was a lot of that going on and, and I was never really peer pressured into the drug use, but man, there was a lot of stuff that a seventh grader should not be exposed to. And, and I definitely was. So when I went there, everything was, I was like, this is like moving to Mayberry. Okay. (laughs) It was so So crazy. So it was totally opposite for you. Totally. But, but, but again, the expectation, and my, my parents were, I mean, my mom, especially, she was freaked out. Like, there's no way we can grow this kid up in Pittsburgh, you know? Because who, That's what so did funny. people know about Pittsburgh at the time? This is in the 89, 90 time frame. Right. So what do people think? I mean, they, they thought dirty city, you know, yeah. steel town. Just but, like me still apparently right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, here's the funny thing. So the year we moved up there, the year or two before, it was voted the most livable city in the United States. Wow. But nobody really noticed that. You know? But that's awesome. And it was. And now we know. And that's Thanks where. your podcast. Ex- yeah. And everybody knows. Uh, Pittsburgh, you are welcome. And if you want to sponsor the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> that could be your next. Yeah. Exactly. Sponsor. This ne- exactly. Sponsored by the city of Pittsburgh. You'll, you'll see it next time. I like it. Um, yeah. But that's where, that's where I first was exposed to pro sports, actually, because I went to hockey games. I, I actually never went to a Steelers game, you know. I don't want to get into this again because this is still me, but (laughs) I've never been to a pro football game, but I've been to football games at pro Pro stadiums stadiums. like five or six times. Isn't that strange? That is strange. I did go to a preseason Cowboys game one time, but but anyway, enough about... I think besides going to... Well, did I even go to one? I was trying to think, did I... I don't even think when I lived in Lubbock because Cowboys, I mean, that was... The end all be all. Right. America's team. Oh, absolutely. And I thought I was going to be a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader forever. Yeah. Probably like for my full time job, you know, for 20 years, because that's just what you thought you did when you were a kid <laughs> growing up in Lubbock. But I don't think actually, no, I don't think that I had ever been to um, a Dallas Cowboys game until after I lived in Arizona. How about that? Yeah. My first professional game by just happenstance 
was the San Diego Padres. Really? When I was in the sixth grade. Wow. Random, I know. In San Diego? In San Diego. Okay, there you go. Yes. Crazy. That's fun. Yeah. So. Do you remember who they were playing? I do not, Fair but enough. I know the the relief pitcher was Craig Lefferts. Okay. Because my, yeah. <laughs> I love that you Random. remember that. <laughs> because, well, because I was there because I was going, somehow I was invited by a family member, new family member to his wedding. Oh, wow. Okay. So bizarre. Wow. Weird story. That's crazy. Yeah. Very bizarre. Don't really know how that happened. That's but isn't that the fun part of life, really? Right, like so strange. It's like when my mom calls. She says she's never surprised. Um, what? What? When I answer, she said, "What are you doing?" And she's never surprised, surprised by, the by the answer. Yeah, but she, yeah, except for that, kind of the same thing. I was once I moved to Phoenix, like it was oh, like almost every professional sport. Yeah, that yeah, that was eye opening. So when you were getting, you know, continuing into dance and cheer and all that stuff. Um, so when I moved to Pittsburgh, I was before that. I was. Uh, baseball player here in Oklahoma and I mean okay. junior high but but my team had gone to state we finished second in state so I was I was a capable yeah. baseball player and when I went there I could not make a team at all I could get on a rec team but I couldn't make a team because they already had the team right and I was like what what this doesn't make any sense to me so did you experience stuff like that I did at studios so somehow at the school level I still you know made the dance program, made the cheer teams, junior high and high school. But when I first moved there in seventh grade and my mom put me in a studio, cause I took dance at a studio, obviously in Lubbock the whole time, they were literally leaps and bounds above me. Oh wow! I'm like, Oh God. Just cause I mean, I went from this tiny town that had one dance studio right. to this giant city that had 40 dance studios. And yeah, I had to catch up quickly. It was very intimidating. Um, I don't think I went back for like four months. I was just like, okay, I don't want to do this. Yeah. I was like, mm, I'm way too behind. And then I took a little break from it and then I was like, I miss it. I'll just figure it out. And I did. That's <laughs> so, awesome. Yeah. And that's all she wrote as they say, right? As they say. So yeah. So in high school, you know, just still, that's when you, I got more into, I still loved dance and the dance program and, and dancing with studios and, um, but you know, just cheering for your high school football games and the basketball games. And then, you know, you, and growing, just growing up in Lubbock, you, well, in Oklahoma, like you just love sports, Sure, you know, it's ingrained to love sports. And I really did. So that's when I loved the combination of being able to dance for sports. Yeah. Like I just loved it. And so, I mean, I still love dancing on stage and, and the art of it and shows and all of that good stuff, but I just loved the combination of being able to do both. So, um, so yeah, so I, I ended up, it was funny because I still, even though I liked Arizona at that time and it was fitting in and had my closest high school friends and everything was awesome. Uh, I still thought for some reason, I have no idea why that I wanted to come back to let, like that I wanted to go to college at tech Oh yeah, just cause that's like where my family went and that was home and that's what I, what I was going to do. So because I didn't know and I couldn't decide, I ended up going to community college my freshman year and I would go visit. Most of my friends went to Arizona oh, okay, in yeah. Tucson. Sure. So like almost every weekend I would go visit them and I had a blast. And then I learned that that is a huge 
dance school. Like it has a huge dance program, but then obviously it's a huge basketball school. Sure, I mean, they have yeah. they have a big football program as well and baseball and you know major you know it's an NCAA school, but they are known for basketball. And um, I just fell in love with the school. So then I ended up going to Arizona. Hmm. So I'm an awesome. Arizona Wildcat. There you go. Yeah. What's the thing they do? Is there some weird hand thing? Oh, there so it it's almost like an OK, but don't close the O. Yeah. And so it's a W and a C. Oh, there we Wildcat. go. Wildcat. You know, I, I didn't end up going to college at all. I And so I don't like I'm intrigued by the college environment. Yes. And it's things like that. You go to a game and everybody knows what to do. But right. you. And then I think it's not like they tell people this. They just no, figure you just it out. Figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Every school has their traditions or their mottos. You know, ours is always bear down and people are confused because they're like, are you the bears? And I'm like, <laughs> no, we're the wildcats. It was just, you know, and it just there's always this historical story behind right. it, which there is. And so, yeah, let's, but that's the great. I mean, that's what I that's what I love. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And I just love I love the fact that it was a big school where mm-hmm. there were you know major sports and major opportunities but I loved that it was kind of out on its own in Tucson and not in the middle of Phoenix like ASU is right boo <laughs> <laughs> so because it still had that college vibe sure but it yeah. was still a big school yeah so it was perfect I loved it and you did uh cheer there so or yeah, what so they I call it? well, so they in college, you know, it separates. Well, most of them are separated now. They either have cheer, or they have palm. Yeah. So I was on the palm line. What's the difference, by the way? Cheer is the stunning with the guys. Okay. So it's more of the gymnastics. It's the guys are throwing you up in the air and holding you. Where palm line is more like the Thunder Girls dancing. Gotcha. So you're dancing to the well in college though you're dancing to the band. Right. So dancing on the side. Um. Yeah. Okay. So. So you did that dance versus cheer and tumbling see this is and this is why it's good because i i know that question right there tons of people want to know that (laughs) right they really do yeah so now you know so yeah cheerleaders are more of the gymnast and you know just like i said being thrown in the air right they're usually like four foot one yeah tiny (laughs) tiny tiny just being tossed around thrown around so dangerous sport yeah but it's awesome that's crazy i that just seeing some i remember I remember a Thunder Girl move and I was, I don't know, it was a long time ago. And I came home and I told my wife, I said, I didn't know that a human body could could do do that. (laughs) And I was trying to describe it to her, right? And so I'm I'm in our room and I'm like, it was something I'm describing. So then I end up trying to execute, right? And and I did it. Oh my god! I mean, I'm sure, I'm like, well, there's no video. Well, right. I was like, god. yeah. Is there? But I did it, and I, I literally went, huh? I guess it's possible. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, how does that? That's an amazing reality because that seems impossible. What I, I I'm just... impressed that you could do it. Well, it wasn't like a was, challenging yeah. move. Right, I'll, but... Off when okay. we're done, yeah. I'll tell you which move it was. <laughs> okay. But I yeah, I was that. like. It was basically throwing your hip out while standing on one leg. And I oh, thought, well, yeah. you should just fall over yeah. if you do that. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm like, how did that happen? Anyway. Oh, my gosh. I love that. Yeah. it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that I told you. That's that right hysterical. There. No, I love it. <laughs> All right. So back to you. Yeah. So um, at what point did you realize that or decide or whatever it was that you're going to go and this is what you're going to make your career? So I, I, well, I knew I wanted to do dance something. Um, so I was not only on the palm line at U of A, but also a dance major. 
So I have a Bachelor of Fine Arts gotcha. in dance. Um, um, and which meant I was still doing both. I was still doing the artistic stage, ballet, modern jazz side of it. And then I was still doing the cheer and palm and sports side of it. And I just, I loved them both. And usually you do have to pick like mm. anything nowadays to, to excel at something you kind of unfortunately have to pick one. And so, um, once I graduated, I stuck to more of the show side and I, I, my first job out of college, I was a dancer for Royal Caribbean Cruise Lines. Hey, there you go. Yeah. That couldn't so have sucked. That was awesome because it was like getting to dance and also being on vacation. Right. I mean, so it was amazing. And you know all the secret places that staff can go, right? I do. Wow. I know all the secrets. That's awesome. I know. It is very cool. And all the different rules and all the ins and outs of cruise ships and all that good stuff. And and that's when they were back. I mean, I guess they're, they were still big before covid but like that was back when it was just like the thing everybody does the yes cruise. yeah and so i did that for a year and i came back and i i had plans on doing it again but just you get you get cabin fever of course because sure. you are living in that tiny tiny room in that ship and so um but when i came back um the phoenix suns were have so i was back like i was back in the Phoenix area now mm-hmm. since I graduated. I didn't go back to Tucson. I came back to Phoenix. Gotcha. And so uh, the Phoenix Suns were having auditions. So I was kind of like, okay, well, that's something that like I haven't explored yet. I've always thought about, you know, let's give it a try. Cause I, you know, at that time didn't exactly know what I wanted to do dance wise. So I ended up making the team and then Ended up doing like so. Obviously, didn't go back to the ship, and then did that for six seasons. Wow! And then while I was on, you know, Sons, I just, I just knew like this is what I want to do. As far as I would love to be able to coach a dance team or a sports dance team. Yeah. So, so what's the lifespan of a typical like dance team member? Uh, I, think, I don't mean their actual lifespan. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> they die at 27. It sucks. Yeah, right. And then that's it. <laughs> no, no, but no, I know what you're saying. Um, I think for NFL, sometimes it's longer, mm. uh, because the season is not as demanding and time consuming. So I think that women with children can sometimes do it or women with full-time jobs, you know, the older you get and the more responsibilities you get, they still have that opportunity to to do it yeah i mean it's still a huge time commitment but not near as much as the nba the nba is just all i mean as you it's know, the most all right day, of all pro day. sports absolutely as far as the dancers as far as dancers yeah yeah, yeah. baseball ha- baseball doesn't yeah. have that <laughs> no <laughs> and, and how could they no they couldn't there's no way <laughs> so um yeah so would be yeah the nba is just so time consuming for these girls so i think you know i think they end up getting out of it, not really because they're over it, but just because, you know, life has comes up with other responsibilities and this, that, and the other, or, you know, or you get married and have kids and then now you don't have time for that or whatever it may be. Um, I would say that I would say the average is probably like four years, three to four years, but probably four, I would guess. But I mean, but like I did it for six. Um, 
you know, some of my girls right now, I mean, you know them, like Jenny, this is her seventh year. Right. Um, and she's had a lot of she, life change. Yeah. Recently. Yeah. yeah she just yeah. got married during, she was, she was a, a COVID, COVID wedding. wedding. That's right. yeah, she was. So, yeah. So she's still doing it. Um, you know, and, and Chelsea and Kaylee, Chelsea just got married. She had wow. a COVID wedding. It's both of their sixth seasons. That's crazy. Um, yeah. You know, it's funny about Jenny is Randy Renner was on the podcast recently. You know, Randy, I know Randy. you, you would know him if you saw him, but okay. he, he, uh, he was neighbors with Jenny. Okay. Uh, before yeah, Jenny yes. made the team. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. And and he and I were working together on inside thunder.com and, mm-hmm. and he said, uh, he was telling me about Jenny he said, my neighbors auditioning for Thunder girls. And he said, I, I she's going to make it like, that's how yeah. he, he was pretty confident. And I'm like, after going to the auditions, I'm like, how could you possibly know that? Because right. there's hundreds of yeah. girls. And you're like, I mean, personally, the only ones that stuck out to me were the ones who were stuck out, like, were not good. Right. Not in the great way. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you're like, wow. wow. Uh, <laughs> like, you, what a sweetheart. Right. <laughs> you know, bless her heart. Bless that's what her you're starting. heart. Yes. But um, so, yeah, that's that was kind of an interesting thing of being able to follow Jenny through her time with the thunder girls right. kind of interesting so yeah so i know they just they all have so many awesome stories and yeah there was a lot you know i had there was like three original thunder girls that did it for six seasons you know from the very first season and so yeah it's just they they all have their different stories and then we have k from japan who right did it for two years and then went went home for four years and came back and did it for two more that, years. That's and just she wild. Said, yeah, it's awesome. I love the international side of it because I feel like we always have somebody that's yes. from another country. Yeah. That's so cool. It's awesome. And so. is that one of those things where they just, they see it from afar and aspire or how's that? Really? I think they do. And it seems to be like in Japan, it seems to be a big thing in Japan for these girls to want to dance for professional sports Hmm. um that seems to be where most of the international girls come from Hmm. um i don't exactly know why that is um you would have to have k on your podcast (laughs) but but yeah so and i think just you know it's just they see it and then they see other girls from their own country or their home city or what you know succeeding mm-hmm. in the u.s and doing this and i think it just opens up a bigger opportunity so so within um the, do you feel like when a when a girl because because you're making a career out of it as a coach but most of them don't do that right not not most of them no so, and especially because either some of them just want to be dancers and they don't have that desire but those that do have the desire to be a coach like it took me forever to mm-hmm. get this job even though i wanted it way way back in the day because there's only 32 yeah, yeah 32 yeah. of them and even third like because boston didn't have a dance team for a long time they do now of course gotcha. but you know and so um but yeah so i mean there's not a lot of turnover in yeah, these jobs so there's sense. not a lot of open spots so what is the what do you find uh do, do these ladies end up with an advantage for being a part of, like for example if you're getting into college it's good that you have these extracurriculars do you see this opening the doors for them in their careers 
at all or is it just something as a peripheral for them for enjoyment and such i think it does if they want a job in sports yeah you know i mean no matter what it is whether it's sure. marketing or hr because they they've been they do in that a lot and, of hr type stuff yeah. and public relations <laughs> right. stuff, right yeah and yeah. like well corporate communications and pr yeah exactly so they get a lot of experience so some people just say oh they're just the dancers or just the cheerleaders and they just they have so many more responsibilities to being right. the faces of the thunder or whatever college or professional sport they represent and like you said they're out in the public and they're reading to children or they're speaking to people or they're you know on marketing materials or in commercials and so they have a lot of different experience and just knowing and just being in that environment and knowing that schedule I think is a leg up if you want to work in professional sports. And so um, we actually did have a Thunder Girl do that. I don't know if you remember Sarah Jackson, Um, but she then after she retired from being a Thunder Girl, she was in ticket sales in retention. Yeah. And so and now she does the same thing for Brooklyn. Oh, how about that? Okay. So it's just like, yeah, I think it does open opportunities and um, and just because and just it's hard to get face-to-face interviews anymore. Now it's about networking and, you know, you don't walk your resume inside a door anymore, but they just have the personality and, you know, they know how to speak to people and sell themselves and come across friendly and approachable and, you know, and people want to hire those types of people. Yeah. You know, so I do, I do think it helps them for sure. Yeah. And especially locally, wherever they were a dancer, whether it's in Brooklyn or Miami or Oklahoma City, now those season ticket members know their faces or now they see them and they're doing networking, just being seen with before they even look for a job. Yeah. And so then when they start to look for a job and, you know, somebody local that knows what a Thunder Girl is, sees that on a resume, that's those are big bonus points, I sure. think. So, yeah, I, think I it can does definitely help. see that. So, um, man, I've, it's funny. I've not even touched my questions. This is just truly a conversation. <laughs> um, but here's one is, um, what do you think is, and this is, I'm trying to find it on my, no, there it is. Good. What do you think is the biggest misconception about being an NBA dancer or anybody in a sport like that? I think, well, I think it is starting to change. I think a lot of it, you know, a lot of, revelations have been have been made and I think people are starting to realize that these women are different but I think it used to be that they're dumb and pretty Mm. I think I mean I really do I mean I think that's the biggest misconception is they're pretty and they have blonde hair and certain style of body and this is all they can do And there's probably not a lot going on up top, you know, and, and they're ditzy and they're just, you know, smiley. And, you know, I think that was the old school misconception, Mm -hmm. but I think, um, I think there's, like I said, I think that's very old school. I don't think that's really the case anymore. Um, because I think people in the community now are seeing that they are full-time students. Like, and I mean, like, Thunder Girls have been attorneys and right. I have Thunder Girls in PT school that are now physical therapists. I have a current Thunder Girl that's in pre-med, you know, and so 
not that that's everyone's story, but I just think they were, they see them now that like, oh, you know, they're like, they do so many other things. And yeah, there are some of the, 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 not stereotypical what I was talking about, but like there are some that are dance teachers, of sure. course, or, you know, like <laughs> right. that's their they're passion. They're good at that, yeah. Yeah, they, dan- they, they teach at studios full time or they coach a high school palm team or, you know, which they're going to have that passion and that love just like I did, you mm-hmm. know. And so, um, but I think that like they can do anything they put their minds to. And so I think now the misconception is not that anymore. I think it is, um, I think... I think a misconception is thinking it's their full-time job. Yeah. Thinking they get, you know, like they're, they're scheduled full-time, they're paid full-time, you know, they're a full-time employee, I think is the biggest misconception now because people see them all the time. Right. And they see them in the community. They see them in all the games and then you know that they practice and da, 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 da. So, cause I've had a lot of people like asking when we have practice and I mean, they think that we like that we have it at two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. And I'm like, no, we have it until like, 10 30 at night because these girls have jobs right. or they go to school like i could have it at two in the afternoon right but there would be nobody there it would just be me <laughs> yeah. so yeah so i think that's the biggest misconception now is the schedule mm-hmm. and how much these girls actually take they're, on they're out all the time all the time you know it's like with the mascot you know oh, i yeah. think about that i remember talking to um one of the guys a while back and i I do my best not to reveal right. anything I know. Exactly. Um, but he was talking about, you know, being out 300 dates out of a year. Yeah. That is. And I know the Thunder Girls are a part of that same schedule. I mean, yeah. they're out the same way he's out. Yeah. So, yeah, they're busy. That's crazy. They are busy. Do you split it up or do you have kind of a core? So that's the good. So like practices, home games, you know, all of that is the whole team, of course. And we have practices three nights a week. And, you know, we obviously have 40 plus home games and, um, on a good year. Right. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> right. I'm just kidding. Um, but, um, but the appearances luckily, well, I shouldn't say luckily, but just the appearances are usually like, we need four girls at this location, or we need two girls over here. or We need six girls over mm-hmm. here. So yeah, you do get to split it up, which works out well because some of those do land, during the day or, you know, on a random date where some of them are at their full-time jobs, but these other girls, you know, that have more flexible schedules, that's a great way for them to keep earning money through this job. And so, yeah, so it works out really well. Nice. Yeah. Um, all right. So I want to back up a little bit because we kind of skipped over this transition here. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I just jumped right into this here and here I am. Yeah. So how did you transition out of being a, what did they call the air, the uh, Phoenix Suns girls? Is that what it is? Suns dancers. dancers. So how did you transition out of that into where you're at now? So after Suns, um, I, I still had that Dallas Cowboys in my, in, in my brain, but I didn't move back to, to Texas. So I did the Arizona Cardinals. So after I'd stopped doing NBA and it was kind of the same thing, I did it for six seasons and I loved it and you're not ever quite ready to end, but it's just, I just knew there was something else and that schedule is grueling and it just, I didn't have much time for it, but I still didn't want to completely end. So, um, I auditioned for the Arizona Cardinals and I made that team Nice. and I did that for just one season. Cause kind of same thing. It's like, I wanted to do it. I loved it. I still have great friends from it, but then it was like, okay, still now on to the next. So, um, 
But I also liked having that experience to see just the difference between being an NBA dancer and an um, NFL dancer. And um, and during the NBA, I also did one season of the Phoenix Mercury. So I did the WNBA team. How about that? So people think all these co-ed teams are new, but most WNBA dance teams are co-ed. Gotcha. And so like that was like my first co-ed hip hop dance team experience. I've been trying to become a Thunder Girl for a while, by the way. You know that. (laughs) Every year I come audition. So, so I did the Phoenix Mercury for their season was, you know, during the summer. So between two of my son's years. So that was big. So I never got a break, but it was awesome. And then I did uh, Arizona Rattlers, the AFL for one season. I just wanted to see like the differences. Sure. See them all. And so I did. um, So I ended though with, um, the Arizona Cardinals and I just knew I still wanted, you know, that was the job I wanted. But like I said, they, those opportunities weren't open. And so, um, you know, I just was, I was working and I started, um, coaching while well, I was teaching at a dance studio, working full time and coaching a high school competitive palm line in Scottsdale. Wow. And so, and they were awesome. I coached them for five years. We won state our first year. We went to nationals, you know, that whole thing. And so, um, shout out to Desert Mountain High School yeah, in Scottsdale, woo-hoo. Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, but then this job came up and I, like, what is so funny is the dance, and uh, I don't even know what this means about me. I don't know if this is good or bad. So <laughs> the dance team manager job for the Phoenix Suns and the dance team manager job for the Oklahoma city thunder both came open at the same time. Wow. Okay. So I applied for both of them, but I'm thinking like, I mean, Phoenix Suns, shoe in, you know, like I'm here, I've done this, blah, 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 blah. Um, I get hired by the thunder and Hmm. not by the Suns. How about that? Which is fine. Like it was a little bit of a shock, but yeah, so they, those were the same, yeah, they came open at the same time, which is just weird in itself. Cause like I said, those jobs rarely come open. Yeah. So I interviewed and, you know, flew out here once to meet with everybody for a final interview and then got hired, got offered the job and accepted and was so excited and drove here. And my first day on the job was Thunder Girl Auditions. Really? Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Was that intimidating for you? It was intimidating for them. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it really was. That's funny. I mean, because this new person walks in and like, you know, just they're like, oh, my gosh, she doesn't know us. Mm. She doesn't know if we've danced for it. Like, she's not, you know, right. emotionally attached to us. Like, you know, we're all strangers to her. So it's funny. And I say that just because I hear so many stories from that day. And they're right. like, we were terrified. <laughs> so, but it was. Looking back, I should have been way more intimidated, but I just think I was just, this is the job I've always wanted. Right. And I was just so excited and the Thunder was so welcoming. I'm sure they were a little nervous too, because like outside of the interview, they didn't know me. I wasn't from here. You know, I didn't have that like hometown, you know, I'm from Oklahoma or I'm in Okie and I love the Thunder. You know, that wasn't ingrained in me yet, but you know. It just, it, it was easy because I loved what I was doing. My girls were amazing. Like that first team, I, I mean, they've all been amazing, but that first team is still one of my favorites. Yeah. And then, like you said, like we, you know, 
we had those players that, you know, it made it easy to, you know, right. whatever. I remember a great conversation, um, and I'll leave their name out of it because I don't know what I'm allowed to say mm-hmm. or not, but a great conversation from one of the executives, um, mm-hmm. one of the early years, and and just talking about there'll be a day when we don't have great players. Right. And, uh, and how important the entertainment side of what we do right. is. Absolutely. And so, <clears throat> you know, when when some of our marquee players went other places, I just always remembered that conversation. Yeah. And and I saw it happen. You know, yeah. I saw the, the even just the intensity and the game day stuff just go way up. Like, oh, OK, absolutely. now because when you know, when you've got amazing players and I mean, mistakes are something that people don't even notice. No, because people do. Yeah, people. Just and show I up. think, too, with the you know, and this is um, not just tooting our own horn, but I do think that what happens at Thunder is really high level. You know, oh. the, the production is, is really good. 100%. I agree. Yeah. I mean, it's very impressive. Like what our game day entertainment does yeah. from videos to lights, to mascots, to entertainment it's teams, just to too. on court promotions to, you know, just fan engagement. Like it really is impressive. Yeah. And, and I, you know, people around the league, I think, notice. Yeah. Well, they do. Not I think. They do notice. Right. And so, yeah. yeah. we've won awards. Absolutely. That's <laughs> what I mean. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just, it's awesome. It really is cool. But what's funny about my first season, I was after I was saying this, so I pick a team and I'm so excited and we go into lockout. That's right. That was, that was the first, first season. season. Oh, so man. I'm like, I just moved here and now I'm going to lose my job because yeah. they don't need us or me. <laughs> Like, that's what I thought. I was like, oh, my God. But we just kind of just kept working and I was still having practices, you know, because right. they have that mentality is like, we have to be ready when when it happens, this happens. And they tell us the season's starting. So we just kept going. And I was like, oh, gosh, please. <laughs> but I did. I was having a panic attack that oh, like man. I'm literally about to like not have a job. And I just drop you know dropped everything to move to oklahoma city right um but yeah but we played the lubbock of oklahoma the, no, yes <laughs> i say that and people here get very offended oh come on <laughs> i'm like it's, it's so like lubbock but bigger <laughs> and with you know a professional sports team no right but um but christmas day we played yeah and then we went to the finals exactly i mean it was a roller coaster of a season, but so exciting. Yeah, it was great. It was a blast. I loved that time frame. Oh, me too. It was awesome. What was uh what's what's one of the one things that you wish somebody would have warned you about getting into this world? If oh, anything. Warned me about. Um oh gosh, let's see. I mean, I kind of was already prepared with the schedule, having been a right. dancer, but you just you're reminded like, oh yeah, this is <laughs> what this is like. You know, just with practice, you know, just kind of that schedule, like just never ending schedule for, for most of us, not just me. Sure. Um, oh gosh, warning. I mean, and that's a, that's a good thing. Yeah. It's a good thing that I don't have. I mean, I think I've been, I, I've, I've been very, very lucky and very, very fortunate, but I think a warning is like. You are an example and a mentor to 20 young women. Yeah. From like age 18 to maybe 30 at the oldest. Yeah. And um, that's a huge responsibility. And I don't think even anybody 
I don't want to make this sound bad. I don't think they're completely oblivious to it, but I don't, I don't know if anybody in the organization realizes what a huge responsibility that feels like. Yeah. Um, so I love it. You're shaping lives. Yes. Right. I love it. And, and it, it's that fine balance because it's getting a little bit easier because they keep staying the same age and I keep getting older, you know, like the older ones usually retire and then I get the 18 year old. So our age difference is becoming a lot bigger, Mm -hmm. but back in the day, like also because I didn't know anybody here and because like I have such lovely young women, like they were also my friends. I mean, some of them are still my best friends and like, that's a hard line to ride to be somebody's boss mm-hmm. and be somebody's friend. And I don't think, I think my job is very different because of that. Because even though I consider my boss, you know, a friend, sure. it's not on that level mm-hmm. or, you know, it's, it's just different. There is, there's that line and that distinction and it's, you know, you, you, but like me and a lot of the Thunder Girls, we're friends outside of that building and on our own. And so that is that is a very, it's rewarding. And like I said, I have a lifetime of memories and friendships because of it. But at the end of the day, I am their boss and their mentor mm-hmm. before I am their friend. Um, so yeah, that is, that's a hard, kind of weighty, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it is. And so like, Mm. they've, hopefully I have taught them and you know, they've learned from me, but I'm also human and I make mistakes and hopefully they understand that. And you know, your parents don't always do everything right. Your bosses don't always do everything right. And so hopefully they know that and acknowledge that. But, um, but they've taught me a lot of stuff. Sure. You know, I mean, and it's, we've grown together and we've built this program together and yeah, it's been, it's been awesome though. But hmm. yeah, that's a hard line to ride. It is. And, and I think, you know, you hear it a lot for the coaches in sports, like, oh, yeah. you know, NBA coaches or even college coaches, you know, they're shaping young men. And I think you're right. I think it's one of those things that people just don't process. They don't no. think it, think of it that way. But obviously, that's going to be a heavy weight to carry, a sense of responsibility. And part of that's just because of who you are. I mean, you, oh, you yeah. care. Yes, I care. <laughs> I know? think it does help. I don't think you have had to do it to be able. I don't think you've had to have been a player to be a coach. Sure. But I do think if you were, like I was an NBA dancer and now I'm a coach, I think it does help sure. that you have actually been in their shoes. Right. And so you understand what they're going through or you understand their needs or you understand their wants or their desires or their embarrassments or their what, you know, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. like you can relate to them on that level. And I think that helps a lot. And I think they respect you because of that, because you respect what they're doing because you've been there. Right. Right. Um, what, what for you was, uh, is probably one of the biggest failures for you that has maybe adjusted your perspective. Oh gosh, one of the biggest failures. And not necessarily career, but could be. Um, you mean in life in or life. with Thunder Girls? In oh. life. Uh, in life, one of my biggest failures. I'm trying to think. Oh gosh, I'm sure there's a ton. <laughs> no, but again, this is a good thing. I ask, I ask a question like this to oh almost my everybody. Gosh. I think. I don't know if it's a failure, but I think I am 
which is funny if you see, see what I do and like how I present myself. I still have a lot of, um, I lack a lot of confidence in hmm. certain areas. And so then I don't take risks or I don't go for something because I'm like, mm, I'm not quite qualified or I probably couldn't do that or, and I don't know where that comes from. Um, exactly. So I'm sure it's something around the, that. I mean, I obviously went for this job and this is something that I wanted to do. And I've, you know, went to college and I've, you know, I've done a lot of things that I wanted to, you know, I, I bought my first house by myself and, you know, just, awesome. and I'm, you know, moved to a city, you know, taking this job. So there are, I mean, I, but I'm just trying to think like, I think just, I think there have been a lot of failures. I can't think of a specific one. I probably could if you gave me a little more time. Sure. I'm well, a, and that's I'm an a, external processor. No, that's but, good. Um, I think just not seizing moments and stuff. Not, yeah, not seizing moments and not having confidence in myself when I should. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. I can understand that. Yes. I would never have guessed that. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like people would never guess that about me. But um Well, I think when you're in your zone, you know. I mean, yeah. I I see you in an area where you're highly skilled and highly experienced. Right. So And so if you get out of that comfort zone or need to or want to, mm-hmm. yeah, you don't all of a sudden you're like fish out of water. Yeah. Yeah. So uh so so on the opposite side of that, what's one of the biggest wins in your life? Um, things and we probably already talked about it. Yeah, I think we did. I think, um, one of my biggest wins is, yeah, I think moving here, not knowing anybody. Yes, this is a job that I wanted. Um, but you know, I was just kind of taking a chance and they took a chance on me and yeah, just being with this organization for nine years. And like I said, watching this program, grow and just even my first year I just heard so many compliments it internally mm-hmm. from whether from whether it was like broadcast or marketing or my boss or a random fan like they're they noticed a difference mm-hmm. and they didn't know me but they noticed like something different about the Thunder Girls. Cool. And so that was a very proud moment is like there was a new more polished professional product on the floor yeah I mean and I I mean these girls like yes I'm their coach and I'm teaching them and I'm instructing them and I'm pointing them in the right direction but they have to be able to execute it and they did Mm -hmm. and so yeah they made me look very good right you know it's funny you know I've been running sound now for longer than I want to talk about (laughs) 25 years, something like that. And, um, I get called into places a lot of times to, um, help with sound as far as like teach and train, make recommendations, consult. And one of the things I tell them right away, cause mostly it's with churches and bands. Right. Right. And what I tell them almost every time is you can only mix what you're given. So if your band is not playing well, you're not going to have good sound. Yeah. I mean, you can't. You can make the drums sound really good, but you can't make them sound in time. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> exactly. And so um, to your point, you know, I think that's the thing when you, you know, in fact, my frustration for sound at the arena for so long was the sound system was very not help not helpful. Great. Yep. <laughs> and so, I mean, in fact, one of the times that I decided to take a break, I was just like, you know, that's how I'm putting it. <laughs> right. 
Um, I was like, this is a no-win situation. I cannot make this sound good. I can't get what I want. I can't get what my boss wants. And that just puts a lot of... Because it's just, yeah, this is what I'm working with. Right. It's just not possible. Um, And so, so yeah, when you have the right tools and the right personnel, it just makes it pleasurable in general. Because one, you you can see your vision come to pass. Yes. And two, you get to do that in a way that's within... Nothing. You're not doing with a bunch of external stuff that you're right. trying to deal with. It's just focused, exactly. and yeah. that, that makes all the difference. It makes all the difference. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, seeing your vision, kind of like the chore- choreography in my brain, or me doing it by myself. Like I might be happy with that. I'm like, I like that, you know. I and, but then I teach them and the formations and all this stuff, and then just to see them execute it and make it look a thousand times better than I could ever even have thought. Like it's just they're impressive and yeah and and like I said it just makes me feel good about my work but like they they're the final product and they're the Mm -hmm. ones that are putting in the sweat and the tears and like yeah does it allow you to be more creative and stretch more when that's happening like do you do you come up with things and you think like maybe at some with some teams you're thinking well we just can't pull that off and then with other groups you're like wow I think we can do this absolutely yeah when you have that talent you can I mean they can do things that I can't do anymore. So (laughs) I just like do this. Okay. And then we're going to go. Yeah. So no, I just imagine that conversation. Can you show me what we're talking about? No, actually (laughs) I can't. can't. Not anymore. (laughs) Ask me 10 years ago and I could have. All right. So we're, I got two more questions for you before we wrap up. Um, The first one is uh, tell me about somebody who's had a significant impact in your life. Oh my goodness, a significant impact. Well, of course, I always just want to say my mother. My mother's my best friend. And she just has, um, I don't know, she's just this lovely Christian woman who luckily brought me up in that household, but was a a divorced mom that remarried and that went through the normal struggles of life that hasn't always, you know, I don't think my mother's perfect, but that's why I love her because she never tried to be. Man, I want everyone to hear that. Say that again. <laughs> that I don't think my mother's perfect, perfect and that's why you love and her. And that's why I love her. That's huge. Yeah. I mean, she was always very much my mother. She wasn't one of and no judgment, but that she wasn't one of these people that was trying to be my friend and not my mother, even though she but she became my best friend mm-hmm. because of that. Like she was very much my mother and she didn't ever pretend like she wasn't, you know, so I had ground rules and I had, you know, like she was very much raised me. Um, but yeah, like she made mistakes like every mom and every human. And like I said, that's why I love her. And like, and she is my very best friend because of that. And, um, yeah, Mm, I like that. I think something that happens People try to, you know, and we live in this world, obviously, with social media and all that jazz where we're putting out our best face forward all the time. And I think that's what's so key about what you're saying is, um, and this is one reason why I even ask about failures and weaknesses, things like that. Because when people don't feel like, they feel like you're perfect, then you you lose a voice in their life a lot of times because they don't think you can relate. But when you own your failures, you know, your shortcomings and you talk about those things. And they're like, Oh, okay. They get it. And then you have that space. And I think that's proof right there. Yes. You know, your, your Absolutely. mom can speak into your life because you know, she's not perfect. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So 
That's yeah. good. That That's worth the price of admission. Absolutely. Well, yeah. <laughs> and there's definitely, I think I would definitely put, um, you know, some of just different moments and different times with some of my Thunder Girls over the past nine years that, you know, I've have just been monumental life moments. Yeah. So, yeah. That's awesome. All right. So last thing. Um, we have a massive audience on this podcast. Yeah. I don't know if you realize it. Like millions of <laughs> Your people. Your mom, my mom. <laughs> right. no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I always, uh, I say that. I don't always say that. But when I say that, I say that with the mindset of, you know, this will live forever. So yeah. who knows when people will hear it. Um, but you can say whatever you want right now. What would you like to tell the world? Oh my gosh. Now listen, don't feel the pressure of this because yeah, that's no pressure it, it's at not, all. it's not necessarily going to be like, you're, we're not going to be like, well, you know, Paige said this, so, <laughs> yeah, so there it is. But this yeah, is the law. if no, you, if you, if you had the opportunity to say something to maybe, maybe a message that you tell your Thunder Girls, that's kind of universal or something like that. I would think, um, know your worth always. Um, like deep down in your soul, know your worth, um, know what you love, know what you're good at and seize every opportunity. Um, don't be afraid of failure because that only eventually leads to success. Um, and be true to yourself and your beliefs no matter what the outside world mm. is telling you to think or believe. Um, and that's usually the difficult path, not the easy path. That's kind of the wrap up. The hard path is usually the one that's worth it. That's for sure. Man. See, there it is. <laughs> just tell, we'll tell everybody to fast forward to the last 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, just, Solid stuff. <laughs> That's that's awesome, Paige. Thanks for being a part of this. Thanks for having me. For sure. I feel so flattered that oh, like I was shoot. on the list. Well, yeah, it's a sh- <laughs> well. I say it's a short list. It's a, if with your position on the list, it's a super short list. Yes. You're way up there. You're <laughs> way up on the list. Um, and you know, my 23rd guest is going to feel so dejected. Right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Sorry, I was number two. You know, it just happens. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, thank you guys for listening to the podcast. If you want to get more of this stuff, you can go to stringgrace.com. Or, you know, the best thing you can do to support what we're doing here is just honestly uh, subscribe through uh, Apple Podcasts. You can listen on iHeartRadio or Spotify. And uh, you can follow us on social media and all that jazz. Uh, Also, if you want to support, you can. There's a support page at stringgrace.com slash support, and you uh, you can do that as well. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Find more podcasts at streamgrace.com. For more episodes, subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio.